Welcome to Cycle Breakers and Moneymakers, a podcast for women of color and first gen who are breaking generational cycles and glass ceilings by going places no one before them has ever gone. I'm your host, leadership coach and eldest daughter of immigrants, Mariella Delamora. I left a 16 year marketing career to create a multiple six figure a year coaching business as a single mom. Each week, you'll learn how to build unshakable self trust, become in demand lead with confidence, and make more money by being more of who you are. Welcome to Cycle Breakers and Moneymakers podcast. Today's episode is juicy. We are going to be talking about how to release attachment in order to create demand. Well, rather, we're going to notice where and how attachment shows up because noticing it is the first step to being able to release it. Where there is attachment to a particular thing happening or not happening, there is also resistance in a way to what we want. And that's because we energetically are less okay with one particular outcome happening. So we place a ton of effort around preventing that bad thing from happening or making the thing happen that we want to happen. And while that is very human for us to obviously have a desire or a preference, there's a difference between desire and holding space for a different outcome. So we're going to talk a little bit about how attachment shows up in business, how it feels energetically in our body, the things to notice, and in doing so, being able to feel like we can more fearlessly move forward without feeling like we are just throwing all of our effort and our attention to things outside of our control. So I wanted to share an analogy with you that has really always been with me, and it's probably because I'm a mother, but however this sits with you, whatever feels like it resonates with you, take that. We want our relationship to our goals say in particular our business, but we want our relationship to our goals to mirror what a healthy relationship is like in real life. Now think about that. Like many of us haven't had that. We had to earn love, right? We had to be good enough. We had to have a certain, we had to be a certain way. And so then what winds up happening is that we end up doing that to ourselves by removing self-approval until we can be a certain way or until we can get a certain result. So we do it to ourselves, right? So think about that. Where are you giving yourself conditional love and conditional approval based on how well your business is doing? I'm going to say that again. Where are you giving yourself conditional love and conditional approval based on how well your business is doing? So there's you as a human who moves through life who has friends, who has interests, but there's your CEO self. So the the version of you, and maybe if you don't have a business and you have a job, think about the identity of the person at work, the identity of the person that is achieving that goal, right? But let's just say for purposes of this episode, imagine your CEO self was a child. Would you tell it what's wrong with you because it didn't close a sales call? Would you say you're out of your league because She was afraid of taking up space in the mastermind she just joined because she thought other people were further ahead than her. Imagine her coming to you and being like, I just don't think I'm good enough to be in this room. Would you say that? Like, yeah, you probably aren't. You probably shouldn't say anything. Like, think about that. Because your CEO self is really just a part of you that wants to feel safe 
and seen regardless of what happens. And when it comes to you and it's scared or it's saying like, I'm not going to be okay. Are you not going to love me? Are you going to criticize me? Are you going to be mean to me if I don't get the thing? And that's what you're actually doing. You are being mean to it. When it doesn't get the result you want, of course, it's going to be terrified. And it's just going to shut down any creative thinking. It's going to shut down because it doesn't want to be criticized. And, And I'm talking about us with us, right? We just learned these patterns and we then exercise them in our business because at some point someone did that to us. So I want to say this with the utmost love and compassion because in so many ways, this is how business heals us. Business heals us because we're forced to face the parts of us that we once were told were hard to love unless they made someone proud. And now we get to decide that we are proud of ourselves regardless of the outcomes. We can decide that we're proud of ourselves before the outcome even happens. I spoke about this in my episode around the 176K launch that before the doors even opened, I truly decided like I was so proud of myself for how I planned this launch, for the decisions that I made, for giving myself permission to do things, to trust myself and to trust my decisions. And I really, really felt that. And so I felt so safe going into the launch. I felt so safe going into every sales call and meeting every person. And I was able to just be there with them and they didn't need to do anything for me. They didn't need to do anything for me because I was okay no matter what they said. So then my job got to be sitting and holding space for each person. Now I say this to you, not to say like, well, I figured it out because Lord knows I am still... I still battle with, you know, self-doubt all the time. I'm, I'm sitting here worried and have been, you know, in my head about my live event in Mexico this weekend at the time of recording and being like, am I going to be good enough? Are they going to be happy? Am I going to deliver enough? But the sales call portion was just something that I practiced hundreds of times, right? And noticing how I show up to that. So notice and imagine if your CEO self was a child, how would you speak to it? And where are you attaching conditional approval and conditional love based on your results? We cannot place the responsibility on our business to make us proud or to validate us. Our job is to validate us and to ask our community to validate us. You might think that that's not okay, that like you shouldn't ask people to validate you. That's not true. We need safe spaces and safe communities to offer validation when we have doubt because as I've learned, validation needs to be modeled before we can then model it. So when it wasn't given to us as children by our parents, when we weren't validated 20, 30 times a day, I think about, Lord, how often do I validate my my daughter, right? When we weren't given an overflow of validation, regardless of what we were doing, not just good job, you got an A plus, um, but just, I, I just, can, I love yous and you're amazing and there's nothing you could ever do that would make me love you less. Like if we never received that sort of validation, then we can't give it to ourselves, right? So validation needs to be mirrored back through community. This is why safe spaces are so important because for every bit of validation, think about this, the community, the safe space or the safe person, maybe this is a partner, a healthy attachment that you have in your life, a friend, a community, they put a drop in the bucket, then you can put a drop in the bucket. Then they put a drop in the bucket and you put a drop in the bucket. And all of a sudden your bucket of validation is full and you can move through the world with less fear. So while I say we cannot place responsibility on our business to make us proud or validate us, our job is to validate us and ask our community to validate us. So I want to normalize that. 
Attachment is released when shame is released. Notice where you may be frustrated at your business for not producing more faster. Notice where you feel less okay when your business doesn't validate you or give you what you desire. And I don't want you to notice it so you can shame yourself, but just to bring attention to it. And I want to like remind you too, it is normal and it is human to attach your ego and your safety to your business, especially when that was your conditioning, right? That you had to be the best in order to be okay, in order to be loved, in order to be seen, in order to be safe, in order to have money, right? But the skill and the habit of noticing that attachment and shifting that to ourselves, like that attention to ourselves and like what we can control versus my business needs to do this thing. My clients need to do this thing. That's what actually creates space and capacity to grow our businesses because we are looking at ourselves and what do we need? How are we showing up? What is the decision we want to make? Will we have our own back? All of that, right? And so before I kind of dive into the ways in which attachment shows up in business, I'll give you an example of what this looked like for me. I have told the story before, but every time I tell the story, I take a different lens at it to illustrate the point that I'm making. So in 2021, it was my second year of business. And I, at the time, was living in Portland, Oregon with my daughter during the pandemic, away from all of my family. I had made that decision to reduce my cost of living as I was growing my business, right? But because I was away from my family and everyone that I knew, I was very lonely. It was also a very isolating time. It was a time where people literally wore masks out in the the street in public, you know? And so there just wasn't a lot of room for socializing. And I really felt like grief was hitting me for the first time. Lots of things. I was having a hard time, right? And because I was having a hard time, I then placed the attachment to my business for me to be okay, right? Attachment, like I need to make a certain amount of money. I need to certain look a certain way. I should be further along by now. Like notice those thoughts. I, I should be further along. This person started their business at the same time as me and they have X, Y, Z. So during that time, what happened circumstantially is I went from closing about 60 to 70% of my discovery calls to closing about 20%. I was in money scarcity. Now I was in fight or flight like most of the time. I now have this dialogue or this this verbiage to explain with you, but I was in the nervous system like green zone or the safe and social nervous system. If you don't know about the nervous system, we are we have fight or flight and then we have freeze. And in the middle of that, we have just safe. We, we just feel safe and grounded. I was only there maybe, maybe 10% of the time. And so what happened is I waited until I felt good and that's when I would post and that's when I would create and that's when I would show up on stories, right? But that was frustrating and that was like exhausting because most of the time I felt like crap. I was stuck in comparison and I stopped doing what was working. That is a telltale sign that you need coaching. When you stop doing what has worked in the past, it is literally like you're stuck in your own head, right? And so at the time, I was getting mad when clients would say no on the calls or when they were unsure or when I would get false yeses because I needed them for me to feel okay and safe. Every problem I had at the time, I attributed it to, well, sales would fix that. Even at the time, I felt like even my resentment to my ex-husband was like coming up where I was just like, see, I need money because my life, because I'm a single parent and my life is harder because I'm a single parent. 
I had a lot of thoughts at the time. It was just so much like, I don't have, I don't have, I need my circumstances to change. I need my circumstances to change. I need clients to say yes. Why aren't they saying yes? What is going on? You know, I was so mad. I had a lot of thoughts about like, I don't have time or I have less time than everyone else, or I can't be as successful as everyone else because I, I am a single parent. Or if I had more money, I could hire a nanny and then I would have help and then I could take vacations and then I would feel successful. So like notice that I attributed to, I won't feel supported. I won't feel successful and I will feel bad and angry at my ex until I make more money. So I was just like, I'm not okay. Money needs to come fix this. Clients need to come fix this. Please save me. Please save me from myself. Like that was what that was. And I don't say this for you to feel bad if this is where you are, but if anything to normalize it, because I have since been in similar places, not quite there because I've learned the the skill of observation, right? But that is what it looks like when we are just attached, where you're like every sales call, imagine that the person shows up and they can feel it. They can feel that you're like, I'm here to listen to you, but you better say yes because I'm not going to be okay. Like that's how that shows up. And I want you to know that whenever your business produces revenue or it creates a result, it is always us creating it. It is never even our clients. We think it's our clients, but it's always us. Like they may pay us, but we have always been and always will be the creator. So I will give you a different example to show you how you are always the creator of your outcomes and like how attachment literally like will push the thing away that you want, right? So like even in the workforce, we were the creator of money. Think about how like even in the workforce, we developed a skill, we marketed that skill in the job market, we then interviewed, interviews are much like a sales, like the sales process, and then we delivered that skill set in service of the company, which is just like you delivering that skill set in the service of your client. But when we tell ourselves, well, it's not in my hands. And I'm like, but it's always been in your hands because you've all you've already done this in a different capacity. So really just looking at what is within your control? How have you already done this before? And I also just want to point out before I dive into the, the list is that the more money you make, the more inconsistent your new sales will become. So even if you have like this fully scaled out agency model, for example, right, that allows you to enroll an unlimited number of clients at a time, your expenses are going to grow right alongside that. There's never going to be like a state where you feel like, oh, no, this is fine. Like you're just always building up your capacity and releasing attachment so that you can problem solve, so that you can be present in your business, right? So now let's dive in to how attachment shows up in business. One way that attachment shows up is that we focus on trying to control someone or something outside of us, getting someone to say yes, avoiding criticism from others. Notice how all of that is outside energy. I'm even using my hand as I record this episode to be like, that that lives somewhere else. Avoiding criticism from others. Getting to a certain income that's outside of you. When this happens, like our ego and our safety live in that outside thing that something or someone else controls. Can you imagine how scary that is to your body? But yet entrepreneurs will go into sales calls or into something as simple as writing a post And they are then like telling themselves, I'm going to be less okay if this particular thing doesn't happen. Instead, when that happens, I want you to think about what can I control and how can that be enough? If I just focus on what I can control, which is, let's say, do I feel good about this post? Do I feel good about it? Even if no one saw it before anyone sees it, how do you feel about it? 
How do you feel about how you show up to the sales call? Show up to the sales call, be present with the client, all of that. It's like you you cannot make how you feel about how you showed up dependent on if the person says yes. I, I know that that seems counterintuitive, but how can you focus on what you can control? The next thing is kind of an extension of the above, but it shows up in the form of you get mad at your audience for not buying or you get mad at people on sales calls for having questions, for being unsure, and for saying no. This is because you need them at the time that this is happening. You need them to confirm that you're good enough. You need them to confirm that this is going to work. You need them to confirm that you have demand rather than believing that you already have it. I'm going to talk to my clients about this weekend and demand and how demand, a lot of that is how we see ourselves, right? But even if you haven't landed a client in a while, it doesn't mean that your offer doesn't have demand. Because there is a big difference between my offer isn't good, nobody wants to buy it, and then you go changing it versus I'm still figuring out how to simplify and articulate the value. Notice how I'm still figuring it out how to simplify and articulate the value is like I'm in control of this versus other people don't want to buy it. Like look at what you can control. The other of how attachment shows up is you default to blame or shame versus curiosity. When something happens, you either blame the circumstance, you blame the person, or you shame yourself versus getting curious about what is happening. So I urge you to, encourage you to get curious with your business, get curious with what is happening. What is it showing you, right? What is it telling you? You will never not be solving problems. And you can't move on to the next level of problems until you get curious and you solve the problems where you are now. So often we think, I just want to skip this and get to the part where this is fine. But you can't do that unless you become an astute observer of your business. And you will stay there in that place of the same problem coming up, whatever, as long as you need to. Not because you need to be punished, not as punishment. But as a form of preparation and self-protection against identities that you're still creating and skill sets that you're still creating, right? There's no like video game, skip a level, we get to go to the next thing because that skill set, that resilience, that wherewithal, that awareness, that problem-solving ability that you develop when you aren't getting the results you want. And instead of being like attached, you're like, okay, let me look at what is happening. That is actually how you move through it not by skipping it. No one gets to skip it. When you notice blame or shame come up, get curious instead. Be present in the process. Look at what your business is telling you. Look at what your client results are telling you. Look at what your marketing, just look at what it is telling you and just be an eager student of where you are now because it is never going to be a place where you do not have problems. They get bigger, but it doesn't feel that way when you get there, when you actually are present in the process. Honestly, like, When I talk about curiosity in business, so much of business is really just that. It's being, like I said, like a scientific, almost like a scientific observer of your results of your business rather than being a victim to them. It's really what allows us to solve any problem, come back from any disappointment, any failure, like anything, right? This is what really truly creates the feeling of being fearless. Because when we don't get what we want, It is just information. It is always just information. It's data. It is not an indication of what is possible in the future. It is not an indication of your worthiness. It is not an indication of your capability. 
It is just information. We need to look at the information. And I'll give you an example of if you aren't, let's say if you're not closing sales calls, but you're not evaluating them, that's what I mean by that is like, you have to be an observer. Look at what happened. What happened? What did they say? What did I miss? Can I go back? Record it, look at it. And oftentimes, I think the reason we don't get curious is because we feel bad. And that's where it's it becomes so important to be like, feel the feeling, feel mad, feel whatever, but still study it. If you ever thought about like how, and I used to feel this way too, like I never wanted to watch my sales calls again, especially if the person said no, because I was just like, well, damn, I'm just going to see where I messed up. But that's it. If you can look back at where you're telling yourself you messed up and messed up is such a judgment word, if you can see that, then you can learn from it. It's the same reason people are afraid to like send customer surveys, like client surveys, because you're like, but what if somebody says something bad? And it's like, right. But if they do, then that's giving you a place to learn and get curious. Another way that attachment shows up is that we're attached to something happening. We need something to happen or we're afraid of something happening. We're attached to something because we don't want to feel an emotion. So you're like, I don't want to feel shame. I don't want to feel fear. I don't want to feel, you know, self-doubt. So I need this thing to happen or not happen. So to elaborate on the story I told at the beginning of the episode on my 2021, my thought was that my sales were going to help me escape my reality and escape my feelings about myself and escape how I felt about my past. Because I felt that I made bad decisions if I had chosen a different partner, if the marriage had worked out, like I wouldn't have been broken on food stamps and pregnant and having to move back in with my parents. So I was so mad at myself that I was like trying to make up for the past with my sales now. And I wasn't okay with myself. So then it became my my business's responsibility to make me feel better about the past. And I didn't want to feel ashamed. But the reality is I was in control of whether I felt shame or not because I'm the person who delivers it. And that's the case with all of us. We're the person in charge of whether we deliver shame to ourselves. There was a time where someone delivered it to us, probably a caregiver, bosses, possibly past partners if you were in a not so good relationship. But notice where you then adopt that and you're like, I don't feel good enough about myself and I don't want to feel this emotion, so I need this sale or I need this result to happen. Or when I was younger, a lot of it was like grades. Like if I don't get the grades, then I feel bad about myself, right? So then it became the job. Then it became all these different things. So there's a lot. I mean, it's so, so, so normal. But that is where we are just simply resisting shame. We're resisting fear. We're resisting these these emotions that they're not negative. I don't think we have negative emotions, but we're resisting feeling an emotion And so we attach ourselves to a result. So that is another thing. Another is um, how attachment shows up and what how it prevents us from creating demand is that we go into bracing mode for all the time, like we were bracing versus preparing. So when you think about you going into a launch, for example, if you were going to a launch with bracing energy, bracing carries fear, but preparing is neutral. You can prepare without being afraid. So bracing is almost like expecting the worst and then kind of shutting down, whereas preparing is like, okay, well, what if this doesn't work? Okay, well, what if no one signs up on the first day? What will I do? Okay, well, what if um, you know XYZ happens? Like, what will I do? What if, and it's fine, you don't need to go into like worst case scenario across the board, but you could just be like, well, what would I do? And it can be neutral. Another, which is kind of an, ex- an extension of what I shared earlier about how attachment shows up in business and how it keeps us from creating demand is 
we do not feel sufficient in our present state. Again, kind of an extension of the what I said at the beginning. But we, what I, I see this a lot. I've been here, but I also see it a lot. I've seen it in clients that we carry the belief that somewhere else will be better than now. And even if circumstantially, like somewhere else includes like more money, which can make your life easier, what happens is when you do get there, you will want to be somewhere else again, especially when you experience what comes along with more money, right? So that's the thing is that you get this destination fatigue of like, well, somewhere else. And it's like, oh, well, shit, I'm here. And it's like, well, I wanted the money, but like, I don't want all this stuff because you're resisting being where you are. It, it really does become like a skill, the skill of practicing sufficiency and detachment by being okay in your present circumstance, by being okay in your body. All of this is important. The sufficiency and the okayness and the safety in where you are is almost like the foundation of a skyscraper. When you have that sufficiency and that you know that your worthiness is not determined by your results, that your ability to be okay is not determined by your results, that your identity and your all these things are like not shakable, then you can build that skyscraper really high, right? So that's why like perception, self-perception, your ability to move through difficult emotions, all of those things are so important, right? And people forget that like every business size requires a different identity, like things that feel hard today, things that you want to get out of. You just want to get out of this. You just want to get to somewhere else. You know, the things that feel hard now won't feel that difficult in a year because you're expanding your capacity. So all of this really is like we are constantly, constantly in growth and business will put us through it, noticing where we feel attachment, noticing where we feel shame or blame or criticism and where we are placing the responsibility outside of us for something we cannot control in order for us to feel okay and sufficient and worthy and enough and safe. And noticing that that is a thing that many of us learned, especially if you grew up with conditional love, which many daughters of immigrants did. So I want to validate that. I want to normalize that. And I want to bring attention to that. I hope this episode helped with that today. And honestly, this is why in my mastermind reclamation, we focus so much on creating a self-concept, an identity that can withstand your like shittiest days, your toughest days. Because it's how you show up in those tough moments that will withstand everything else. It's why we really focus on like the ability to show yourself compassion, the ability to move through any difficult emotion. And it's why I focus so much on the creation and the cultivation of this close-knit community of women of color where you feel safe to not have it together, to like air out your doubts, to fall apart, to not perform. And the reason is that for women of color in particular, who we always have to perform, someone always had us under a microscope, we naturally are going to default to self-criticism and shame and then attach it to our results. And then we keep pushing them further away, right? So like when we can release shame and no one can shame us but us, and we choose not to shame ourselves, we can do any freaking thing. And the thing about shame is that it dissipates in the light. When we keep it to ourselves, it festers and it grows, right? And attachment needs shame, right? So when you know that you're not going to shame yourself, then you're less afraid to move forward. You're less afraid of anything happening because at least you won't 
then also be your worst enemy. You know that you're going to have your back no matter what. That actually helps you access parts of your brain to help you solve problems, to help you make decisions without this like inner critic holding a clipboard, like ready to yell at you, right? That's how my inner critic feels. My inner critic feels like she has a clipboard and she's just like ready to point out all the stuff, right? But I've been working deeply on that. And this is why our relationship with ourselves and cultivating that and our identity is such a central part of the work that I do and what makes reclamation so different because we take the understanding that many of us did grow up with this conditional approval and love and that we then did adopt that as an identity. And we did adopt that inner critic within ourselves, which creates an attachment. And that attachment maybe served us when we were in school and we're like, okay, I feel like I can kind of control the grades I get. And then in the workforce, I think I can control how hard I work and me moving up the ladder. But in in entrepreneurship, it could be like, sand moving through your fingers, like the more attached you are, the more it moves through your fingers, right? Which is why I see this this unmet need in the market of helping women of color and daughters of immigrants grow their business does require the release of attachment that served us previously. Attachment that helped us, you know, succeed and climb the ladder and get approval from our parents and our families and, you know, being a good daughter, being a hard worker, being the hardest worker in the room, all these things that we then have to unlearn and we cultivate the relationship with ourselves instead. This is why business puts us on a healing journey because it flips a lot of the conditioning that once served us, right? It really makes us look at ourselves and really develop like an unconditional love relationship with ourselves for the first time in our lives. And honestly, this is how I'm empowering and enabling women of color to make more money. Because in order to command attention and visibility and to become a thought leader, you need to know who you are without validation. You need to know who you are regardless of the circumstance. I hope that in this episode, you took something away, not adding shame to it, but if anything, possibility to normalize the fact of maybe what you're experiencing and to help you bring observation to some of the things that you might be doing, how you're showing up to calls, where you're almost dangling a carrot in front of yourself being like, it's going to be so much better, or I'll stop being mean to you when you get this result, right? Meaning you to you. I hope you saw yourself in that because Lord, I mean, that is me. That is so many of my clients. But just noticing it is the very first step to us deciding that we want to show up differently to that. So. If you resonated with this, join the waitlist for Reclamation Mastermind. We open the doors in May. And as I record this, I'm getting ready to fly to Mexico tomorrow to go to Mexico City for the Reclamation Mastermind live event. We're going to be talking about shame and identity and all of that as we plan the air ahead. And this is definitely going to be part of that conversation. So thank you all for listening. Please screenshot share this episode, tag me at mariella.delamora on Instagram. If you haven't reviewed it yet, review, give it five stars. It helps other people find it because podcasts don't have an algorithm as far as I know. And I want more people to find this so that it can help them. My goal this year is to help as many people as possible for free in my content, in my podcast, in my emails. So please, please, please share this with anyone who you think would benefit. All right, I'll see y'all on the next episode.
Now, if you have listened to this entire episode and you are thinking about working with me as your one-on-one mentor for six months, you can learn more and apply at marielladelamora.com. There you'll find dozens of client success stories from business to leadership coaching, which will give you an idea of what you can expect, the range of clients I work with, and my coaching style.